0: Hello, we're up to Genesis 29 today. Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the children of the east. He looked and saw a well in the field and saw three flocks of sheep lying there by it. For out of the well, they watered the flocks. The stone on the well's mouth was large. There all the flocks were gathered. They rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the sheep and put the stone back on the well's mouth in its place. Jacob said to them, my relatives, where are you from? They said, we are from Haran. He said to them, do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? They said, we know him. He said to them, is it well with him? They said, it is well. See, Rachel, his daughter is coming with the sheep. He said, behold, it is still the middle of the day. Not time to gather the livestock together, water the sheep, and go and feed them. They said, We can't until all the flocks are gathered together, and they roll the stone from the well's mouth. Then we will water the sheep. While he was yet speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. When Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother, Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's relative and that he was Rebekah's son. So she ran and told her father. When Laban heard the news of Jacob, his sister's son, he ran to meet Jacob and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to the house Jacob told Laban all these things. Laban said to him, surely you are my bone and my flesh. Jacob stayed with him a month. Laban said to Jacob, because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what will your wages be? Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful in form and appearance. Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. Laban said, it is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to another man. Stay with me. Jacob served seven years for Rachel. They seemed to him but a few days for the love he had for her. Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled that I may go into her. Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. In the evening, he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. Laban gave Zilpah, his servant, to his daughter Leah for a servant. In the morning, behold, it was Leah. (laughs) He said to Laban, what is this that you have done to me? Didn't I serve you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? Laban said, it is not done so in our place to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill the week of this one and we will give you the other also for the service which you will serve me for seven more years. Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. He gave him Rachel, his daughter, as wife. Laban gave Bilhah his servant to his daughter Rachel to be her servant. He went in also to Rachel and he loved also Rachel more than Leah and served with him seven more years. Yahweh saw that Leah was hated and he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah conceived and bore a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, because Yahweh has looked at my affliction, for now my husband will love me. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Because Yahweh has heard that I am hated, he has therefore given me this son also. She named him Simeon. She conceived again and bore a son. She said, Now this time my husband will be joined to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore his name was Levi. She conceived again and bore a son. She said, This time I will praise Yahweh. Therefore she named him Judah. And then she stopped bearing. This is an interesting chapter. And it's, it's, it's the chapter where Jacob gets back uh, what was coming to him. We've seen all through these chapters that Jacob was a sneaky, deceitful, and now he has the mother of all deceptions. <laughs> it's, it's, it's humorous on one hand, but on the other hand, not funny at all. Jacob, when he woke up in the morning and found out that the wrong woman was in the bed. (laughs) I just, I can hardly imagine, you know, the moment. And the Bible is interesting because it doesn't go into the detail like that. It just says it matter of factly. But we we start the chapter with Jacob going to Haran, to his uncle's place. His father told him to go get a wife. He turns up empty handed. And um, when Isaac got a wife, many, many chapters earlier in Genesis, his father had sent a servant with 10 camels. So his father had loaded them down with wealth and they were willing to let, um, you know, Rebekah just go straight away with the servant. And it was all the wealth in, because basically the wife was purchased, um, the bride price. But here Jacob turns up to Haran empty handed, he has nothing. And so he doesn't, he doesn't just get his wife, he has to work for her. He has to pay the bride price and this is a process. It's a seven-year process. And then, of course, he's deceived. (laughs) Turns out that Laban's just as sneaky or even more sneaky than Jacob is. And um, I have often wondered how it is you could marry someone and not find out until the morning that you'd married the wrong person. Well, there's a few thoughts on that and Different Bible commentators all have different suggestions about it. And um, one of the Bible commentators suggested that it had to do with the the great feast the night before and that there was wine free flowing. So perhaps he was, you know, under the effects of alcohol, that's true. But I also think that um, it would have been evening, would have been nighttime, he couldn't have seen as well. They didn't have lighting like what we have now. Brides wore a veil, she had her face covered, so he wouldn't have seen her. Um, Also, I suspect he might not have been overly familiar with these girls because of the cultural habits of keeping the men and the women separated. You know, if you're not married, you don't hang around with the women. So he may not have known them that well. And finally, I suspect that Leah might have been coached. I think she might have been told by her father Laban what to do like don't say anything <laughs> because you know, your voice might give it away. So there's all these possibilities. We don't know, but what, en- what ends up happening is that Jacob is tricked, he-, he reaps what he sows, he's upset about it, then he marries the second one and then he has to work for another seven years. Effectively, he's tri- tricked into working another seven years. He's tricked into buying two wives. And so he ends up, we end up with this situation of polygamy. Polygamy, you know, where a man marries multiple women or where a woman marries multiple men, which is less common, but is still a thing, um, is not God's ideal situation. We see in the Garden of Eden that God made one man for one woman, Adam and Eve, and this is God's ideal. And they were to become one flesh. And it's in that situation that there is, you know, it's the ideal situation for children to be raised. And all around the world where we see polygamy does exist, there's all these other tensions that come in. And we're gonna see some of those tensions in a polygamous marriage in the chapters ahead between Rachel and Leah. And uh, and yet God, you know, he seems to overlook all of this. He's, th- there's no law that says you can only marry one wife and he, he seems to just overlook it. And uh, it's not an excuse for us to do the wrong thing. Like if we know that there are things that are wrong, We shouldn't do them but in our own lives there are things that we're unaware of and the Lord is so gracious with us just as he was gracious with Jacob here too we're not always familiar with what we do and whether it's pleasing or displeasing to the Lord and we should seek him in regards to that but Jacob ends up with two wives and that's interesting and every now and then through um, in the world's history, you know, you come across cultures that where they have polygamy and you have, might have a missionary that might go to those cultures and share with them the love of God. And then sometimes those missionaries start telling the men to split off their, split their wives and send the wives away. Well, now you start getting into complicated, complicated situations and you need a lot of the grace of God. And um, that's probably a discussion for another moment. But here anyway, we see all sorts of craziness going on in the situation, deceit, polygamy. Even Leah was involved in the deceit. And, um, and yet God was in it somehow too. And this is the marvel of the God we serve is that he's in things even though he's not the cause of them. He doesn't cause the deceit, but he'll work through the deceit. He doesn't cause the polygamy. It's not his plan, but he'll be in it to bring the best out of it that he can. And that's the marvelous God that we have. So Lord, we we pause with that thought and we acknowledge that in our own lives, there are things that don't please you and we may not even be aware of them. Lord, open our eyes to see things which don't please you so that we might bring them to the right place. And Lord, out of the chaos that we do have in our lives, I pray you would bring great good. You would be in the situations of our lives, turning, um, turning good out of everything that has happened. So Heavenly Father, let your grace be upon us as it was on Jacob. In the name of Jesus.